The Believer's Walk of Faith is paid for by Bill Winston Ministries partners and viewers. Up next on the Believer's Walk of Faith. What we need to do is understand that the body of Christ, when Peter got put in jail, he was in jail. The Bible said the next day they were going to cut his head off. But the church prayed unceasingly. They didn't stop at sundown. They kept praying at midnight. They kept praying at 2 o'clock. They kept praying at 3 o'clock. Why? They were going to pray till something happened. And I'm telling you, any saint of God in this church, they should have family because your family doesn't stop with your kids. Your family stops with the body of Christ. Hello, Bill Winston here, and welcome to the Believer's Walk of Faith, where we walk by faith and not by sight. Praise God. Well, this today we have a, have a powerful teaching. It, it's pointing out that as believers, we shouldn't only uh, have faith for the things that we need. You know, um, you need a house or need a car, need a job, and so forth and so on. That's good. But the people that Jesus pointed out had great faith, which seem to be the people in the Bible who use their faith for somebody else's needs. One lady, his daughter, who's, she's near death. Another man, Jairus, ruler of the synagogue, his child was sick when, when they first came to Jesus. Or, or it, it could be a person who Lazarus. Lazarus had died, you remember, but they came to Jesus, not using their faith for their own needs, but for somebody else's. The man who was on a cot, cot you know, he was on a a gurney, you know, and it took the man, four men were carrying him on this bed and they couldn't get in the door because of all the people crowding in to see Jesus. So they went up on the roof, tore the thing open. Here's what the Bible says. When Jesus saw their faith, their faith, not his faith, their faith, he healed the man. We can use our faith as somebody else. I'll bet you, I'll, I'll, I'm willing to believe that this church will go to a level that they've never seen before. You, even your own personal life, if you use your faith for somebody else, watch your faith just soar. Why? Because that's where it works best in Jesus' name. Well, let's go into it. It's entitled, The Normal Christian Life. You look at these examples. You look at 2 Kings chapter 7 and verse 1 and watch what he says. This is a prophet of God. He's just like myself. He said, Elijah said, hear the word of the Lord. Now, you know Elijah was anointed because in 2 Kings chapter 13, a man had gotten killed in the war and they didn't have time to bury him. So they threw him in this grave and in the grave was Elijah's bones. The man hit them bones and got up and stopped walking. I'm here to tell you that Elijah was anointed, David was anointed, Paul was anointed, Jesus was anointed, I'm anointed, you are anointed. And the word of the Lord came and he said, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, tomorrow about this time, a measure of fine flour is going to be sold for a shekel and two measures of, of barley in the, uh, for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Now, once he said that, that was impossible. Why? Because they had been starving to death for days. It might have been even months. But now things are going down to a place where one woman is boiling a baby and feeding it and they 
go boil the other baby. I mean, things have gotten hopeless. And when things are hopeless, people destroy lives. And so what happened? God is coming in with some hope. He said, tomorrow, about this time. But when he spoke it, he spoke it under the anointing of a prophet. And the prophet spoke something. He said, by this time, tomorrow, I'm talking about something that is virtually impossible. He said, it's going to be plenty and it's going to be cheap. Look at the second verse. He said, the officer assisting the king said unto the man of God, that couldn't happen. Even if the Lord opened the windows of heaven, but Elijah replied, you will see it happen with your own eyes, but you won't be able to eat any of it. I'm just saying, if you got somebody beside you that as quickly as I speak these words, that they learn to you and say, y'all don't believe all that, do you? You need to turn your head the other way and don't even acknowledge that they spoke to you. I'm saying the time for us getting unbelief and letting it pull us out of the promises of God is over. Folks, there is something called a prophetic agenda. There is something called a prophetic agenda. In a prophetic agenda, nothing you can do can stop it. See, there's a prophetic agenda. Jesus spoke it. He said this, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell are not going to be able to stop it. Folks, I don't care what the devil's got. I don't care if he got money. I don't care if he got deception. He is not going to be able to stop you from getting to your destiny. Sit down. Verse 3. And there were four leprous men at the entering end of the gate. And they said one to another, why are we going to sit here till we die? If we say we'll enter into the city, then there's famine in the city and we'll die there. And if we sit here, we're going to die. Well, therefore, come. Let's fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we'll live. If they kill us, we'll die. And they rose up at twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come into the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made, the Lord had made the hosts of the Syrians to hear noises of chariots and noises of horses, even a great noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come on us. Let's get out of here. Wherefore they arose and fled at twilight. God will make you run when ain't nobody chasing. All he needs is for you to do is get up and start moving on the word that the prophet has spoken. He left their tents, their horses, they had left their donkeys and the camp as it was and fled for their life. And when these lepers came to the uttermost parts of the camp, they said, they went into one of the tents 
and did eat and drink and carried thence silver and gold and raiment. And they went and hid it and then they came again and ate some spaghetti and some, and some, some neck bones and uh, some collard greens and candied yams and, and entered into another tent and carried thence also and they went and hid it. Watch this. And they said one to another, we do not well. This day is the day of good tidings, the gospel. And we hold our peace. And if we tarry till the morning light, something mischief may come upon us. Now, therefore, come that we may go and tell the king's household. Well, I don't need to tell you what happened. They went to tell the king and the king said, it's a trick. I said, it's a trick. See, folks are always trying to find something wrong with what the prophet said. It's a trick. It ain't no trick. It's a truth. So I'm saying to you, they got blessed, went back to King, sent out just a, a group first to find out whether it was true and found out it was true and everybody rushed out and the famine was released in one 24-hour period of time. Millionaires were made in the camp. Folks, don't tell me what God can't do. A prophetic word. One word from God will change your life forever. So God wants you to have faith in the word, faith in God, and faith in his prophet. Bible says in 2 Chronicles, in chapter 20, in verse 20, here's what he says. And they rose up early in the morning and went into the wilderness of Tekoa, and they went forth, and Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, ye and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and so shall you be established. If you believe you as prophets, what will happen? You will prosper. All right, let me just show you one more piece. All right, so this anointing. So this anointing comes on you, an empowerment for you to finish the work that God has called you to do. Say amen to that. Now, we're in the last days. So this work of God must be completed. Got it? Now, this is what I call the last day anointing. I call it the latter rain anointing. Speaks about it over in the book of Joel. There is an anointing for vengeance. See? And that's part of the anointing that you carry in this end time church. That nothing standing in your way is going to be able to stop you from reaching your destiny. That through this anointing, the number one job of the Holy Spirit is to deal with anything 
that is trying to hinder you from getting to your wealthy place. And because vengeance hadn't been preached, we've been victims. See, God is going to put a boatload on you. And when vengeance isn't there, the justice system of God cannot go forth. Lord, y'all, y'all, y'all stay with me now. See, what God's about to put on you, he's got to protect you. Oh, Lord, get, get, get this now, get this. Because this vengeance is the number one job of the Holy Spirit is whatever's coming to try to rob you, try to assault you, try to hurt you, then the vengeance of the Lord is going to kick in. That Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon. Come on, help me now. Formed against you shall what? Prosper. And every tongue that rises against you. I read you that last time out of the message translation. Didn't I read it? Here is Joseph, a prophetic destiny. This has got to come to pass. Why? God has chosen Joseph because God knows a famine is coming. And he chooses who he chooses. So let's start reading here at Genesis chapter 37. Now Israel, that's Jacob, loved Joseph more than all his children because it was a son of his old age. And he made him a coat of how many colors? Many colors. And when his brethren saw their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. And Joseph dreamed a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, here I pray you the, this dream which I've dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field and lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright and behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance or bowed down to my sheaf. And his brethren said to him, shall thou indeed reign over us or shall thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his deeds and for his words. Now I want to stop right here. God is restoring the Eden mandate. Y'all with me? Now what did he say in Eden? Genesis chapter one and verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. Say dominion. dominion. Over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. He saw dominion. He saw what God has called us to be. And it began to talk like that. See, if you see yourself big, you'll talk big. And so he began to talk like that. And when he did, his brothers got envious of him. Now understand, what I preached the other night, on Wednesday night, I preached faith for the family. 
faith for the family. You see, a lot of times we use faith for ourselves. I need a house. I need a car. I need a new job. So forth. Wait, 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 wait. I showed them several times where God called it great faith. And each time it seems like they were using faith for the family. They weren't using faith for them. That was one man was using faith for a servant. Another lady was using faith for her daughter. Another lady was so forth and so on. And I said, listen, we got to get back to using faith for the family. I said, it's amazing how many people in this generation seem to be, it's all about me. But that's what it was back in the day. In the day, it was all about my kids. In the day, it was all about somebody else in the family that I want to make sure that they make it because I've spent some time and work and I want to make sure they're going to benefit by what I've done. Say amen to somebody. And I'm saying that what we need to do is understand that the body of Christ, when Peter got put in jail, he was in jail. The Bible said the next day they were going to cut his head off. But the church prayed unceasingly. They didn't stop at sundown. They kept praying at midnight. They kept praying at 2 o'clock. They kept praying at 3 o'clock. Why? They were going to pray till something happened. And I'm telling you, saint of God in this church they should have family because your family doesn't stop with your kids your family stops with the body of Christ and I'm telling you folks when somebody gets in trouble somebody else ought to be on their knees because I got a feeling that whatever you got we can get rid of it it will just come together say amen look at Psalm chapter 8, starting at verse 5 in the message translation, please. Yet we've so narrowly missed being God. It's talking about you. Bright with Eden's dawn light, you put us in charge of your handcrafted world, repeated to us, watch this, the Genesis charge made us lords over of sheep and cattle, even animals out of the wild birds flying and fish swimming, whales singing in the ocean deeps. Glory to God. God, brilliant Lord, your name echoes around the world. But what I'm trying to say is look, He's repeating the Eden mandate. See, he's saying, wait a minute, I made you a little lower than me are, I am. Then you're supposed to have dominion over this thing. Start at verse three, please. When I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you think about him? For you have made him a little lower than who? Angels, which is translated God and has crowned him with what? Glory and honor. Keep going. And you've made him to have what? Dominion over the works of your hand and you put what? All things under his feet. What's under your feet? Everything God made is under your feet. Question, did God make Lucifer? Where is he? He is Satan is under your feet. 
watch this. Let's come back to Joseph again. I'm ending. So now in Genesis and chapter 37 again, and he told it to his father and his brethren and his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come and bow down ourselves to you, to the earth? <laughs> and his brothers envied him, but his father observed the same. What happened? A prophetic agenda. Something's coming. But I got to prepare a Joseph. Do you hear what I'm saying here? And I'm saying, notice what happened. His brothers got envious of him instead of praying for him. Because if they could have blessed him, they could have gotten blessed. But no, somebody driving a new car, get mad about it. Somebody get a new house, not even complimenting him. Somebody's moving up into promotion, don't even congratulate him. Why? The church full of envy. Well, those days are over. You're not going to be full of envy anymore because you got your own gift. Say amen. And God's going to empower you to do something. So the last thing, what happened? Joseph goes down and he goes down. They, they're going to kill him at first, but they decide to sell him and sell him to the uh, traveling band of Ishmaelites, merchantmen, businessmen. They sold him and here he is in chains. He's going down in chains, but God is still with him. Come on, that anointing is still on him. Say amen to that. And I'm saying it may look bad for you right now, but the anointing of vengeance is going to work on your behalf. God's justice system is going to work for you. Now what happened? God couldn't leave him up there with his brothers. For the same reason Jesus could do no mighty works in his own hometown. Why? Because that anointing didn't have an environment that would bring forth that most powerful gift. Say amen. And sometimes you got to move out of where you are. Sometimes, come on, you got to change positions. Come on, sometimes you got to go another place. But let me tell you, he had to go to an environment that was most conducive for that anointing to kick in, watch this, and bring forth the most powerful economy that the world had ever seen. Did he do it? Yes, he did it. And I'm telling you, God's got something for you. Watch this, you may be in chains right now, but notice God said over in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 30, he said, vengeance is mine and I will recompense, saith the Lord. Now I'm saying to you, don't get moved by what you see. God has a destiny for your life and I decree you're going to make it to your destiny that the world is going to know who you are. Well, I trust that you were blessed by that powerful message. Now, here is a point you want to remember. 
In these last days, there's an anointing for something called vengeance. Now, vengeance is not revenge. It's a justice system of God, comes from the heart of God, that will really deal with anything that's stopping or coming against or harassing his people. Now, this is part of an anointing that is going to carry, in the, you're going to carry in the last days in the end time church, that nothing will be able to stop the church from fulfilling its destiny and God's uh, plan for the church here on this earth. I'm saying that when that vengeance is working for you, people must be careful how they even talk to you. Now, just take my word for this now. You're going to get more teaching on it. But, but anything harassing you, anything that's delaying your, your increase or stopping you from reaching your destiny, it's going to be dealt with. Let me say it like this. This is the last day you're going to go through what you've been going through. Praise God. Well, this is Bill Winston. Until next time, we love you and keep walking by faith. Oftentimes, as believers, we are living below the normal level of power and blessings that Jesus died to provide for us. The power of God resides in you and will bring you into a superior level of performance. This power is the anointing and it's designed to fully equip you to fulfill your destiny. Place a demand on the anointing and start living your life full of victory and dominion. Start living the normal Christian life. In the U.S., call us now at 800-711-9327 or go online to BillWinston.org. Or in Canada, call 844-298-2900 or go online to BillWinston.ca and order Dr. Winston's series, The Normal Christian Life. In this remarkable teaching, you will be shown how to recognize and use your anointing to defeat the enemy and how to activate the blessing meant for you and your family. And as a special bonus, you can order the Releasing Your Potential bundle, which includes the Normal Christian Life series and Dr. Winston's dynamic mini book, Training for Reigning. Learn to achieve victory by declaring the outcome before the battle even starts. Discover the true power of patience and how to live and reign in righteousness. You will never face anything you cannot overcome. Now is the time to win your battles because you have the authority, the faith, and the anointing. Order this series now and learn to release the potential given to you by the Almighty. Call or go online and receive this limited time offer today.
shall come to pass. You might be in the midst of your worst situation right now. I got news for you. This conference was for you. Think God is telling you it's because you're about to get the biggest inheritance that you ever got in your life. Stay with faith and I will stay with you. The Believer's Walk of Faith is paid for by Bill Winston Ministries partners and viewers.